Greetings, friends. It's good to have you with us as we make further progress reading through the Bible in a year. Today is September 28th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. I'm your host, David McAdam, and I hope to encourage you to read God's Word thoroughly and consistently. Hopefully by now you are seeing the unifying threads that bring all 66 books together, unfolding God's redeeming work in history, culminating in the grand accomplishment of Christ Jesus in the New Testament. We will be starting with prophetic songs from Isaiah today. After reading yesterday's account of the suffering servant, so profoundly predicting the atoning sacrifice of Christ and its significance, we move on now to songs of assurance and invitation with Isaiah chapter 54 and chapter 55. Then we will read through to chapter 57, verse 13, and move on to the New Testament and continue in the book of Ephesians. So let's get started with Isaiah chapter 54, beginning with verse 1. Isaiah 54, the eternal covenant of peace. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced, for you will forget the shame of your youth, and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. For your Maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing anger for a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, Behold, I will set your stones in antimony, and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of agate, your gates of carbuncles, and all your wall of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. 
Chapter 55 The Compassion of the Lord Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man His thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that He may have compassion on him, and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose." and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Chapter 56 Salvation for Foreigners Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come, and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name, better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to Him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be His servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples." The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. All you beasts of the field come to devour, all you beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind, they are all without knowledge, they are all silent dogs, they cannot bark, dreaming, lying down, loving to slumber, 
The dogs have a mighty appetite. They never have enough. But they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their own way, each to his own gain, one and all. Come, they say, let me get wine. Let us fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow we will be like this day, great beyond measure. Chapter 57 Israel's Futile Idolatry The righteous man perishes, and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away, while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. They rest in their beds who walk in their uprightness. But you draw near, sons of the sorceress, offspring of the adulterer and the loose woman. Whom are you mocking? Against whom do you open your mouth wide and stick out your tongue? Are you not children of transgression, the offspring of deceit? You who burn with lust among the oaks under every green tree, who slaughter your children in the valleys under the clefts of the rocks. Among the smooth stones of the valley is your portion. They, they are your lot. To them you have poured out a drink offering. You have brought a grain offering. Shall I relent for these things? On a high and lofty mountain you have set your bed, and there you went up to offer sacrifice. Behind the door and the doorpost you have set up your memorial. For deserting me you have uncovered your bed, you have gone up to it, you have made it wide, and you have made a covenant for yourself with them. You have loved their bed, you have looked on nakedness. You journeyed to the king with oil and multiplied your perfumes. You sent your envoys far off and sent down even to Sheol. You were wearied with the length of your way, but you did not say, It is hopeless. You found new life for your strength, and so you were not faint. Whom did you dread and fear, so that you lied and did not remember me, did not lay it to heart? Have I not held my peace even for a long time, and you do not fear me? I will declare your righteousness and your deeds, but they will not profit you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. The wind will carry them all off, a breath will take them away. But he who takes refuge in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. And it shall be said, Build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament, from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now let's take a few moments to reflect and digest what we have just read. The crucial passage portraying the suffering and the glory of the Messiah, the fourth servant song of Isaiah 53, is followed by a series of prophetic songs relating to it, in Isaiah chapter 54 through 57. Isaiah 54 is a song of assurance. Isaiah 55 is a song of invitation. Isaiah 56 verses 1 through 8 is an exhortation to Jews and Gentiles who heed God's call to walk worthy of that calling, followed by a strong warning of the disaster that awaits those who continue to commit spiritual adultery and serve the idols of this world, in Isaiah 56, verses 9 through chapter 57, verse 13. The final phrase extols the servant's provision of salvation for those who trust in him. But he who takes refuge in me will inherit the land, and will possess my holy mountain. Isaiah 57, verse 13. What should be the response of those who believe God's report about the perfect work of redemption accomplished by the suffering servant? 
the first word of Isaiah 54 instructs the believer to sing. God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Isaiah 54 is a response to the perfect atonement for sin that the servant makes on behalf of the elect, the many whom the Father gives to the Son, described in Isaiah 53. Jesus' victorious shout from the cross, It is finished, in John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 30, is foreshadowed with Isaiah's words, As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11. Isaiah pictures the results of redemption, first for the Jew in Isaiah 54, and then for the Gentile in Isaiah chapter 60. The prophet sees a remnant of Israel turning to the Lord in the last days. They become servants in Isaiah 54, verse 17, following the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. They follow the Lamb in Revelation chapter 14, verse 4. This song is not being sung by Israel due to the hardened hearts of unbelief. Israel is now in the position of lo ami, meaning not my people, in Hosea chapter 1, verse 9, due to her rejection of the Messiah. But there is a time coming when a believing remnant of Israel will be called the sons of the living God. The redeemed of the Lord shall return. For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved, just as it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion, he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. Romans chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Then the barren one will sing, then her tent will be enlarged, with sides open to welcome the nations to worship Jesus, the light of the world. God's grace will be displayed as he receives Israel, once cast off as an unfaithful wife in a new covenant relationship. Just as God promised that the waters of Noah would no more go over the earth, he promised that the nation of Israel will never be destroyed and that someday a remnant will be saved and become a great nation. Jesus applies the promise of Isaiah 54, verse 13, to himself. In John chapter 6, verse 42, we read, They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. And he is quoting Isaiah 54, verse 13. Despite enemies attempting to destroy her, God gives this promise to Israel. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Isaiah 54, verse 17. In Isaiah chapter 55, the joyful invitation to enjoy the blessings of the gospel go out to the Gentiles. There could be no gospel call such as found in Isaiah 55 if there were not the gospel foundation found in Isaiah 53, which describes the vicarious atoning death of the suffering servant. The book of Isaiah has been called the fifth gospel. 
we hear the invitation go out to all who recognize their need for the Savior. The gospel requires a humble recognition that no matter what the state of our temporal condition in this world may be, we are lost, hungry, thirsty, and unsatisfied. As Augustine said, our hearts are unquieted until they find their rest in thee. In Isaiah chapter 55, the Lord is presented in four different ways. He is presented as the merchant man offering what cannot be bought, the gift of salvation, in Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. Secondly, he is presented as a witness to the Gentiles, in chapter 55, verse 4a. Thirdly, as a leader, in verse 4b. And fourthly, as a commander, in verse 4c. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, according to the faithful mercies shown to David. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10-11. through 11. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3. Jesus echoes Isaiah's prophetic call in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It reminds us of Jesus' offer to the Samaritan woman at the well. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. John chapter 4, verse 14. How do you buy without money? How do you buy that which is freely offered? By faith. Faith is the act of a believing trust. Faith is spurred on by thirst, hunger, and a realization of our poverty, our lack of spiritual life, or lack of what we need for peace with God and with ourselves a right relationship with God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 6. The people who are blessed are those who run to Jesus and cleave to Him as their Lord and Savior. The message to all people is to seek the Lord and call upon the Lord, repent of your sins and trust Christ. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7. Salvation is of the Lord. The word of God will do its work even as the rain from above does its work, watering the earth and bringing forth life that provides seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 10 and 11. So God initiates a gracious work through sending His word like rain from above. Those who receive the word of truth, embrace its life-giving power in good soil of saving faith, will see the eternal life of God reproduced within, bringing forth fruit. All creation will break out in song when the sons of God come into their own, when glorified at the return of Christ. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 12 through 13, Romans chapter 8, verses 22 and 23. 
Isaiah 56 and 57 go together as one message. Verses 1 through 8 exhort Israel to walk worthy of its calling according to their covenant promise. God shows his redemptive acceptance of those foreigners who join themselves to the Lord. These are the Jewish proselytes. When Jesus cleared the money changers out of the temple courts, he referred to the temple's purpose as described in Isaiah 56, 7. Even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. Jesus echoes Isaiah 56, verse 8, when he acts as the good shepherd gathering the outcasts of Israel such as the healed blind man who was cast out of the temple, and when he spoke of gathering others to himself besides those already gathered in John 10. In verses 9 through 12, the Lord rebukes the unfaithful leaders of Israel, and in chapter 57, he warns Israel of its future idolatries. They will be enticed by trendy sorcery, sexual perversion, and false spirituality. In Isaiah 57, verses 1 through 10, 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 1 through 16. This will lead to their destruction. There is a glimmer of hope in the last half of the last verse that we read in Isaiah today. He who takes refuge in me will inherit the land and will possess my holy mountain. Isaiah 57, verse 13. And now we move on to our reading from the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 24. Children and Parents Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service, as people-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, 
making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament portion, and it also concludes our reading of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. A walk in the Spirit will be a walk of submission to the Lordship of Christ. We are to submit to one another as unto the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6, children are to submit to their parents as unto the Lord, and show it by obeying their commands. The younger generation can learn the beauty of submission to the Lord by submitting to the loving authority of their parents. Parents should not overcorrect, nag, or exasperate their children. This is especially applicable to dads. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Verses 5-9 through deal with our work relations. In Paul's day, there were a variety of employer-employee relationships. For example, there were indentured servants. In Roman society, prisoners of war were made slaves. There were several million of slaves. When slaves and slave owners were converted to Christ, the early church had to deal straightforwardly with the master and slave relationship. The Bible never affirmed slavery as a good thing. Israel was enslaved in Egypt. Societies have enslaved their own. Paul's statements here neither condemns nor condones slavery. When Paul writes Philemon about his runaway slave, Paul offers to purchase his freedom. In the church, slaves and masters realized they were all children of their father, purchased by the blood of Christ, where there is no difference between bond or free. Paul tells the worker and the master to treat each other with the kind of care demonstrated by our Lord and Savior. Both are slaves to Christ, and God has no favorites. In the church, they have equal privileges. It has been primarily through the efforts of Christians that slavery has been abolished. Having dealt with the believer's walk in chapters 4 through chapter 6, verse 9, the Apostle Paul now calls them to stand. The Christian is in a spiritual battle. The world, the flesh, and the devil war against his soul. His experience of victory depends on him standing firm on the ground that Jesus won for him. Faith in who Christ is, who we are, where we are, and what we have in him is essential in defeating these foes. As individuals and as a body of believers, we need to put on our spiritual armor through prayer, meditation upon God's word, and corporate fellowship. We need to be secure in God's truth. We are to put on truth as a belt, the truth of who God is and what He has done in the person of His Son as revealed in the whole of Scripture. We put on the breastplate of the imputed righteousness of Christ. He has won that for us. May it protect your heart from morbid introspection. We are to use our gospel shoes and walk the talk if we are to have peace. In every battle, we need to use the shield of faith, affirming God's truth to extinguish the incoming fiery darts of the enemy. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, the father of lies, the deceiver, and the slanderer. Beware of his attempts to invade your heart with his falsehoods. 
And of course, we need to protect our minds with the helmet of salvation and wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We are well equipped by the Spirit and the Word, but we must cooperate with fervent prayer. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Paul is not ashamed to ask for prayer. We should pray for each member of the body, that they would be bold witnesses, and that they will be able to clearly communicate the gospel to others. Paul appreciated and needed the prayer support of his brothers and sisters in Ephesus. He signs off with prayers that they abound in the blessings of grace, love, faith, and peace that are ours in Christ Jesus. Now we move on to today's reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 70, verses 1 through 5. O Lord, do not delay. To the choirmaster of David for the memorial offering. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let them be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let them turn back because of their shame who say, Aha, aha. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great, but I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. The psalmist knows the battering that comes with battles and the blessings that come with the fellowship of brothers and sisters who know salvation and can say continually, The Lord be magnified. Here is a prayer we may be familiar with. Hurry up. We long for deliverance. We long for fellowship. It is a common human experience. But God never tarries uselessly or carelessly. He hears our heart cry. He is our help and deliverer, and He will be magnified, for sure. Now for our final stop, we go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 8. Whoever plans to do evil will be called a schemer. This proverb calls out wicked behavior. Schemers are cold, calculating persons who flaunt all morality. Sooner or later, people will have had enough of them. So take warning, your schemes will find you out. Let's pray together. God of all grace, thank you for calling us to Jesus. We recognize that without the bread of life, we die of starvation. Without the water of life, we perish with thirst. Without Christ, we labor for that which does not satisfy and are heavy laden with the guilt of our sin. We run to Him whom you have made to be for us our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, and redemption. We are hungry to see your rule established as fully on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for boldness to pursue your choice purposes and declare your gospel invitation in the persuasive power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on our Bible reading tour, and God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow as we continue in the book of Isaiah and start a new book in the New Testament, the book of Philippians. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, and if you would like a written copy of our commentary on each day's Bible reading, you can subscribe by going to our website at newlife.org, and you'll find free resources there. If you have any questions or comments, you can write to us at podcast at newlife.org, and we'll be happy to reply. So may the peace of Christ be with your spirit. Shalom.